What's going on? And welcome back to Elevate With E, the popular, unpopular opinion podcast. And tonight's topic is what are you supposed to be depressed about? And um, tonight my guest is I have Miss Kenya Moore. Kenya, oh. girl, I done called you Kenya Moore, Lord. <laughs> I'm a whole celebrity. A celebrity. I done called her whole celebrity. I done called her whole celebrity. So I have right. So I have Miss Kenya Moore slash Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have Miss Jay Levine with me as well. Um, so I just want to kind of just dive in. The first question I have for you ladies are, um, what? Why? Why do you think depression is overlooked? Why do you feel like a lot of people, when someone go to a child, go to an, an adult or a parent, why do you feel like they just think that like? What you got to be depressed about? Like, what's so bad in your life? Why do they feel like they have to overlook it or push it to the side? Um, at this point, like as a, as a like as a people as a whole, I feel like we do it because it's just like we compare other people's problems to our own problems. It's just like what you got an issue with that for? If I got all of this going on and I'm able to survive and push and go through, right. And, um, but like in the black community, it's way deeper than that. It's just like, pray about it. Yeah. yeah like definitely. the Lord will fix it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I've even had friends like have real deal bouts with depression. Like I had a friend in college who was like in her kitchen crying on the phone with her mom and her mom was like, it's the devil. Just pray. It's the, and she's just like, no, nah. like, can we talk about me getting some insurance? So I can right. see a therapist. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, no, it's the devil. So it's just like, that's one thing. And then like, the other thing is people do compare their problems to other people's problems, not understanding that perception is reality. And what's going on with you and how you perceive things ain't always what's going on with somebody else and how they perceive it. Gotcha. Right. Because right. people feel like, like you said, oh, your issue, you can get through this. If I'm doing this, you can get through this. But maybe what you got going on I can't handle and what I got going on you can't handle either and like she said with the whole black community or African American community however you want to call it everybody's all on that whole pray about it go to church okay but there's a difference between having a spirit or whatever it is you want to call it versus real deal depression and these thoughts that you're having and with children and People writing off what children have, like, oh, you just sad because you have no worries. I'm taking care of all it is. But you don't understand how one thing can affect somebody. To you, it might be small if, okay, my dog my dog died, but it don't mean nothing to you. But my dog might have been my best friend. And that's the only person or only animal or whatever that I had right. to vent to and get this off of my chest to. And people knock you for that. Depression is real, whether it's with a child, adult. I personally dealt with postpartum depression and I just cried all the time. I couldn't tell you why I was crying. Every time my baby cried, I cried. She could look at me, I cried. Like, get away from me, but stay by me, don't leave me. Right. And don't nobody get that because for you, it's, well, you got a new baby, you should be happy and you ain't going through this and you don't have to work and you got a great support system. I felt alone. Ain't nobody sitting with me all day with this baby right. you come and sit with me so i can maybe take a two-hour nap but when i get up i know i gotta go back and sit by her i love my kid but she get on my damn nerves be real <laughs> right. like people they they are always comparing their situation to yours right and that's spiritual stuff 
I'm not knocking anybody as for it. I grew up in the church, but people don't know the difference between having a spirit and being and needing help. Right. I just I don't know. I feel like like it go back to like how y'all say like a lot of people just be comparing. It's just like well. I may react to something my toe a little more dramatic than you do. Like, just because I feel like just because that we may have similar issues don't mean that you cool, calm, and collected, but that, that'll, that'll stress me clean out. Or not even. Like, people don't understand triggers. And that's a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. what affects somebody isn't necessarily what happens in the moment. It's bigger things attached to it that they haven't worked through yet. So, you know what I'm saying? You seeing a black candle over there, you know what I'm saying, might not bother you, but you don't know what that black candle means to somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's another big issue mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, comparing. Like, you don't, until you, like, know somebody's past, you don't understand why things affect them the way they do. Right. Right. I agree with that. Okay. So, um... The next question would be, uh, what are different ways that you deal with your anxiety, your depression? Like, how do you kind of like when you feel yourself just kind of falling back into that? How do you catch yourself, basically, per se? Um, let's see. I'm real big on, like I said before, knowing your triggers. Like, I try mm-hmm. to stay away from things that'll trigger me to go down in that spiral. You know okay. what I'm saying? And then, like... I try to keep my support system real close. Like, people who know what's going on. Like, I can say, Erica randomly texts me and be like, you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. She's like, okay, I was just checking on you. <laughs> and like, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it's just like, that is like a really big thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. having people that understand what's going on. And honestly, therapy helps. Like, th- like just sitting down and talking to somebody who's really impartial helps a lot. Like, mm-hmm. It's free therapy out there, y'all. I don't care if you need to talk to somebody about the fact that you don't like the person that's sitting next to you. If you feel like that's affecting your day-to-day life, because five bad minutes should never ruin an entire day. It's something bigger Mm -hmm. than that. You get what I'm saying? If five bad minutes can ruin your entire day, it's something bigger than that. And you need to talk to somebody. And you need to talk to somebody who's not going to look at you for what you were or what you are. They're just going to look at the problem and want to get to the root of it. And that's something you can't do with your friends and your family. That's true. Mm-hmm. Even at, I kid you not, today at work, like, they have um, community meetings, and that's how we start our day off. I told the women today, a bad attitude can affect everybody. <laughs> yes, if you Lord. come in funky, and you come sit by me, I'm going to be funky. Then you're going to be mad because I'm your tech. I'm supposed to take care of you today, but guess what? Nah, your attitude done pissed me off. Fuck out my face. I'm not helping you. Bye. Go ask somebody else. And, um... They don't get that, but triggers, like she said, I can piggyback off of that too because I didn't just, I don't just do this with adults. Mm-hmm. I did this with kids. They had a paper that they called their coping skills. One side had triggers, another side had um, maybe like four or five things that they could do in any setting to help them get over it. We had one girl, hers was ripping up paper, and we have kids that say, Oh, I want to take a walk, or they keep a stress ball on them, mm-hmm. you know, something that you wouldn't even notice somebody was doing. Mm-hmm. And that you can do whenever, wherever. Yeah. Like when I'm irritated, I do like this. But yeah, like you need you need stuff like like that. And when you have like a good support a good support system, and they know what your triggers are, they're gonna do their best too to keep you out of it, or at least distract you 
from it. Yeah. A lot of um of our patients don't have a good support system. Their their mm-hmm. families won't answer the phone calls or they find comfort in other patients, which there's two sides to it. It could be a good thing, or it be but good. if I'm over mm-hmm. here and I'm thinking about my so my I have a suicidal ideation of I'm gonna swallow a whole bunch of pills, and yours is the same thing. We don't need to be linked up. I don't need to be exchanging my number with you, cause when we get out, if I'm going through it, what if you feed off of that and then we just decide we're gonna do that together? Right. Like that type of stuff is frowned upon. We want to speak on positivity, even. Though my job is to make sure you get to groups and like basic stuff of giving you your hygiene needs and getting you meals, I'm here to talk to as well. But I'm going to be real. And I believe in having unbiased friends that are going to tell you what's right, what's wrong. And if you come to me and you feel in some kind of way or you're feeling really down, I'm going to listen, but I'm going to flip it. I'm not going to allow you to just sit in it. I'm gonna flip it and be like, well, what about the rest of your day? What do we do with this and how are we moving right. on from that? What's your plans tomorrow? <laughs> like, you know, what are your goals? Get you off of whatever it is you sitting on. If you got somebody that's gonna be like, yeah, girl, I feel you because fuck that person too. And I don't want nobody that's gonna speak negativity with exactly. me. Right. You're not helping me. You're a hindrance. Right. Right. Um, that's definitely just not having somebody. It's just and it's like a lot of people, it's just like, you can call me, if you can call me and give me the latest tea, I should be able to call you. And some people and just, just be that. They just right. want to and it's like, business, though. Right, and it's like, I should be able to, for you, like, when, when I feel like I need somebody to pick me up, I should be able to call you for that, exactly. too, as well. It's like, I understand, you may not understand it, but I may not need you to understand it right now. I just need somebody just to listen. listen. Like, I don't need you to try to sit down and, and try to dissect my issue and my problem. Like, I, I just need to get off my chair. Right. Because that's what a lot of people don't understand. If you sit there and listen, a lot of people put the pieces together themselves. Yeah. Like, but they hear they self talk enough, they just like, wait a minute, hold on. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, a lot of times people just need somebody to springboard off of, but that's not necessarily like meaning you got to say something back. Like, they just need that ball to bounce. Right, right. That's there just are like, times I have patients vent to me and the only thing yeah. I say is mm. and it ain't cause I don't care but you done said everything you need to say I don't have nothing to say you good now right you, you got your chance vent. Yeah. and then we just sitting looking at each other and I'm like is there anything else yeah, no like, no alright you feel better like got it off the chest go. right right um okay so um how did your family react to it like how did your family react to finding out that you had your postpartum how did your family react to your depression, your anxiety, when they... Um... I knew I was crazy, quote-unquote. I to use that term very loosely because of the simple fact that it has been turned into, like, this colloquialism of, like, cuteness. So, it's just, like... I started therapy when I was, like, 11 or 12. So, it was just, like, therapy on and off. It was just, like, okay, she's just a sad kid. Okay. And then that turned into me being just an angry-ass kid. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, as I grew older and I went off to college, it turned into full-blown anxiety and depression because I had so much other stuff. It was, like, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to go to school. I'm trying to be in clubs. I'm trying to go to the club. Right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I'm trying to be seen. I'm trying to go to football games. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You got all of this other stuff going on, and you forget about 
you yes. and you lose yourself in all of that and then it literally like I came home because my aunt was sick mm -hmm. but what people didn't know was two weeks before then I had spent a week in my room in the dark I put I had snapped I had to put lumen foil on my wall on my windows like I was sitting in complete darkness TV off I went and come out my room list all my roommates was gone like I had to snap and it was just like my mom was like well she's sick and I was like I'm coming home and it took me, it took my suicide attempt to finally be like, this is the reason why I came home. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, I thought if I run away from this, then this will fix itself. And it didn't. Gotcha. So you can't really like sweep it under the rug. But as far as like how my people took it, it was just like, why you ain't say nothing? And honestly, with the way the black community works, my family is extremely christian you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i thought it was gonna be brushed over you know what i'm saying i never took the time to speak on it gotcha so you have to let people know honestly like no matter how they take it you gotta tell somebody right yeah. i think my my aunt called me on mine because you think okay i work in this stuff mm -hmm. i should know I mean, you brush off stuff because it ain't supposed to be you. It's supposed right. to be the people you taking care of. And at the time, I was doing that with kids, so they don't go through postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. Not the kids I'm working with anyway. And um, I, my aunt actually asked me. I called her one night just crying. I couldn't even tell her what was wrong. I was just crying. And I think it was baby wouldn't go to sleep. And I was dog tired. And just all the emotions from a whole new life when I only had to care about myself. Mm -hmm. So she asked me, she said, do you feel like hurting her? And I said, no. Do you feel like hurting yourself? No. She's like, what is it? And I was like, I don't know. I can't put it into words, but I need you. Right. She came over first thing in the morning. She's like, you come now? I said, no, I could wait till the morning. But I stayed up. My eyes was like puffy. I was just gone. She came over, took the baby. My cousin came, clean. Like, mm -hmm. my family was super supportive. Like I said, she called me on that. And my aunt, um, being in the medical field, she's been a nurse for almost 50 years. She has an understanding of both. And my family is super religious. Mm -hmm. My family, my boyfriend's family. But they were all so understanding. And I needed that. And they helped me with what I needed, which was, I just needed a break. And you think, okay, this new baby, how you already need a break, is new. Right. So, I mean, to the point where my aunt would get off work and come over every day and just sit with her. And they would have to make me go lay down or make me go mm -hmm. do something by myself. Or his mom would come over and um, take her or, like, give me gift certificates to go get a massage. Like, you need to go have a you day. Your whole life has become her and you've lost yourself mm -hmm. it's become i'm a work i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna come home i'm gonna cook i'm gonna clean i'm gonna be the best girlfriend i could be and i'm gonna do everything i can to be the best mom i can be who was i right i still got goals i still got all of this but it's like all that kind of faded out because i don't know like you're ev everything just changes so fast mm -hmm. but everybody else picked up on it but me and you i have like my best friend would call me too like she doesn't live here, never lived here. Call me and be like, hey, you just on my mind today. You all right? And I'll just be crying. What's wrong? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Like, just, I can't stop crying. Right. And she would ask me, you feel like hurting baby? I never felt like hurting her. I love her with all my heart. That's when I finally realized, no, she just get on my damn nerves. She cry a lot. 
but we good now. That's <laughs> my broke best friend. <laughs> that time that it wasn't like that. And you do need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I think if, unfortunately, everybody doesn't, but I do feel like if everybody was lucky enough to have a good support system, the um, amount of people we see in these psych hospitals and stuff would go down. But people give up. If they feel like they can't help you, people give up. They write you off and say you're crazy and I'm done. I'm not doing this more. You're just repeating the cycle or it goes to you faking it. Your mm-hmm. tears don't, they're not real anymore to anybody. Yeah. I, um, I didn't, I think 2016, I used to let my, like, my issues used to, I just started learning how to deal with my issues. I didn't know how to deal with my issues. Like, I deal with my issues Well, I, I shut down and I don't eat and I don't talk to nobody. That's how I dealt with my issues and I lost weight. Girl, I wouldn't, I went in the bathroom one day and I looked at myself and I'm like, Nah, like and, <laughs> this ain't even me for real. And that's another thing people don't understand. Like depression makes you want to shut off from everybody, right? That's the symptom of depression. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it turns into something. It like it like flowers almost. Like people who are depressed are vitamin D deficient because they don't go outside and get sunlight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't eat the right things, so they lose weight or they gain a lot of weight because mm-hmm. their body's trying to trying to like. Okay, so endorphins are released when you eat certain foods, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if, like, say, for instance, chocolate. Chocolate releases the same endorphins as love. So, like, your body wants you to eat a whole bunch of sweets when you're sad because it wants that release of that same energy. So, you end up eating all these things you're not supposed to be eating or your body just shuts down like yours did. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it turns into something way bigger. Like, you you don't get the proper right of nutrients. Like, mm-hmm. you you get weak, you your body starts to ache, you start to hurt, and mm-hmm. you think all these are symptoms of depression when really you shut your body off from everything else and you're becoming sicker because of not the depression itself, but the symptom right. of the depression. Right. And that depression leads to other stuff. Like it um it leads to anxiety. I've watched patients come in for depression and I could be sitting there and I had this lady that just started throwing up uncontrollably because she was that anxious and she couldn't even tell me why. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went from having a regular conversation to I'm holding her hair back over the toilet. And the nurse asked me, is she faking? And it goes like, you work in this field. Why right. right. dare you ask me, is she faking? And you can't fake that kind of stuff. Right. That's another thing. When you go to the hospital, like I've spent stints in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? I've spent <laughs> weeks in the mm-hmm. hospital so it's just like when you go you have those people that are there because that's where the hospital told them they gotta be yeah you get what i'm saying right so it's just like i don't even want to be here i'm not about to deal with this you know what right, I'm right. and i got this lady who really crazy over there that live here yeah you know what i'm saying i'm not about to deal with you and you leave it in a week and you don't right and it sucks because you have a few of us who genuinely care about our patients, but you have patients that have had to deal with doctors and nurses and other techs or whoever their caretakers are who don't, who write you mm-hmm. off and, okay, you can leave anyway. You're just nothing more than an insurance check to them. And it makes our job harder because I'm here. Right. I want you to tell me if you feel in some kind of way. I've, I've sat there and held a lady while she sat there and tried to scratch open her arms and mm-hmm. bang her head. And it's real and... These patients feel like, why? Nobody cares. Right. And it's, it sucks to hear them say that mm-hmm. because 
you have some that come in and feel like I'm not that crazy. I don't need to be here. But I feel like if you're here, you're here for a reason. And you do have, like she said, you got people that live, damn near live there. I started my job back in April and I have patients that have been there since May. And don't have nowhere to go. Nobody's called to check on them. Nobody's mm-hmm. brought them nothing. They got no clothes. Whatever they have is because somebody else donated to them. And it's really like, you just feel like a big old, like a waste of space. And everything just trickles on to one thing. I got patients that come in and they've gained crazy weight because they just want to eat up everything. Mm -hmm. And I got some that have just deteriorated and now we got to watch them after mealtime and make sure or tell them, oh, you need to eat this or put them on special diets. Mm -hmm. And you still got people like, it's for attention. We sick of this. They just left last week and they back already. So what? I don't care if you leave today and come back tomorrow if you feel you need to help. Get it. Right. Right. I just, I saw something. Um, I saw something. It was a doctor. I, I don't know. He was from somewhere. But basically he said that when black women come into his office, he don't take them as serious. I saw that. He don't take them as serious as he take all of the other race of women. And lady asked him, you know, why? And... Basically, how from, from in a nutshell, I can't remember his his response his response verbatim. But what I got out of it is basically, they supposed to be strong. They can't like, and so when they come and tell me that they are they have a certain kind of pain or they are or they or or they are in a certain amount of pain, I don't believe them because I personally feel like they are able to endure it versus other women like. I'm going to believe them before I believe the black woman because it's like we have, I feel like they put this, this like, yeah, we strong, but damn it, when we need somebody to talk to, we need somebody to talk to, like. It's not even. It's like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, at least that's what I got out of it, but it's just like, as a, as a race, it's like, yeah, like, I get it, but it's like, since, like, none of this depression, anxiety, bipolar, none of that have a color to me. It's just like, if anybody needs need that help then we should be able to get that kind of help but when you're going through it you get labeled the angry black woman right and everybody else is the poor defenseless senseless, right hopeless whatever race you are not even i don't even think black women are stronger we are systematically taught from the very beginning to take it under the chin and sweep it under the rug mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying and it's only so hard, so high you can pile that rug before the dust start to blow from under there. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like so many black women think this ain't that big. I can deal with it. This ain't that big. I can deal with it. And it's not that you, it's okay that you can deal with it. But do you have to internalize it and deal with it? Right. Because that turns into the mama that beats her child because she got to see. You know what I'm saying? That turns into... You know what I'm saying? I'm going to yell because I had a bad day. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of black women get labeled strong for just taking their depression and putting it under their titties and walking around with it like a badge of honor. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. It's like, I'm going to build this wall so you can't see that I'm really curled up like this behind it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's a really sad situation because they see it as strength. But it's, we have no choice. And that's why a lot of black women don't speak out. Because it's just like, 
even when you talk to another black woman, they look at it like, you notice what you got to deal with, right? Right. Like, you like know what I'm saying? Normal. Even, with, even with black men, because I see it with my patients, but men in general, they ain't supposed to be. It's domesticating. Yeah. yeah. You they ain't can't supposed cry. to be coming here to get help. You, you can't mean? cry. You, you, good, you can't you be good. sad. You can't feel no kind even, of way. You can't be down. Even my like, patients, I can hear them when they're talking. I had a guy who felt the need to prove to me I'm good, man. I slay dope on, on on the street. I make sure I don't sell it at my house. Why? You ain't proving shit to me. Right. And even if you weren't here, that's hella untra- unattractive on top yeah. of that. I don't want to know that. I don't want to hear that. But in his mind, that's his way of proving I'm a man and I'm good and I ain't shit wrong with me. I'm just here because the police was tripping. I'm just here because my baby mama was tripping. No, you here because you displayed some behaviors that means you need to be here you don't just get baker acted for no reason right you get assessed before that and when you come in you have the 72 hour hold and you still get assessed again after that you can sign however many amas you want to sign and habeas corpuses you want to sign but if that doctor evaluates you and they still say no you're not good you're not good that means you said something or you're showing something that you need that help right but especially with the black community, we're not supposed to go through it. Right. We're supposed to be good. <laughs> it's simple as that. That's how they look at us. We straight. And so now we kind of have that mentality of, I'm good. I can take it. I don't need no help. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut my mouth. I don't need nobody looking at me crazy. Right. Okay. Um, I agree with all that. I can go all night on that topic. <laughs> okay, um, so the next question I have is, how do you feel about people making it a trend? I personally hate it. I see the little post was, I'm difficult and I'm crazy and I'm all of this and I'm all of that and it's just something you're going to have to deal with. And it's like, no. it's nothing cute about it. Like, I don't, I don't understand or who even made this into a trend like why why would you even sit up and play with it and make it and, and try to make that cute like i don't i don't think that should be one of your traits and share these posts about what they do to their niggas cars and what they do to their right that like cute if you did it you did it but that ain't cute to broadcast it that's jail time baby like keep that to yourself <laughs> <laughs> not even okay so i am full-blown bipolar like my official diagnosis is bipolar 2 right Mm -hmm. so i see these posts and these girls be like i be happy one minute and then he i yell at him and then he go buy me some food and i'm okay i'm bipolar no i'm like you look hungry (laughs) you ever looked at a nigga at two o'clock in the morning like do you really love me all night long like bro i got some stories i can tell you be completely happy with the world this man give you roses and flowers and all this crazy shit and you just like no it ain't right no it ain't right right it ain't right and you know he ain't cheating you know ain't nothing wrong and you still just like i can't put my finger on it right but something ain't right and it's gotta be you because it ain't me guys don't make it no better either they be talking about they like that crazy shit but that's how people die that's how domestic violence and all that other shit start too like be real i don't it's not cute it never will be cute never has been cute i don't get why people are trying to make it a trend how are you going to make something cool when somebody need help being talking about you bipolar because he bought you food and you was mad five minutes ago no ho you was hungry you're done. Everybody get a little angry when they're mad. I get a little. I get a little in my feelings when I'm hungry. Right. So what? But it's not. 
Like, what do you, what are you getting from that besides right. the attention? Or jail time. Like I said, y'all be posting this shit on Facebook. Like right. I did this, that, that. <laughs> That's it's, not cool. It's not cool at all. It's just like, when you see somebody and you know they ain't crazy. Like, you know they ain't crazy. They perfectly fine with the world. Right. And you just going through stuff and you see them posting that. You just be like, really, bro? Right. Like, really? I've, I've told some, I've had some patients, because like I said, working in the field, you do learn the, to be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. You have some people that are just there for med-seeking purposes because they've been off them for a minute, but they know they can get this, and they know they can get something stronger while they're here too. But I used, even used to tell the kids that because they be talking about I'm crazy. Let me tell you, I know you ain't crazy because I'd flip this whole fucking classroom upside down the second the teacher told me something I didn't like, but you want to go for a walk or you want to go for a walk and kick rocks because you mad or you just want to hit the desk real hard because you mad but then you tell me I'm crazy so she don't know no 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 right. you can't be you're a little bit angry <laughs> right because I'm gonna tell you your crazy mind is a little different I say set the building on fire oh you ain't trying to do that we ain't on the same tech sit down like that's right. me oh you made me mad okay cool let me plot on you for a minute and then I have to catch myself like oh wait wait <laughs> And chill out. Relax. <laughs> it ain't that deep. I got in a fight with a nun. They knew I was crazy a long ass time ago. <laughs> like, like. But for some reason, people think it's cute. And it, it's a cry for help. I feel like people find it attractive because people want people to make them feel like they fuck up. It's okay. Like, there you go. Like, when it comes to, like, like you were saying earlier. If I want to take a whole bunch of pills and you want to take a whole bunch of pills and we get together, we might have sex and take a whole bunch of pills afterwards. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, if this is how you communicate and it's unhealthy and this is how I communicate Mm -hmm. and it's unhealthy. Guess what? We friends now. We can can communicate like this together. Not knowing that you're bouncing toxicity off each other and energy as it moves faster, it gets hotter and you just eventually it's going to explode. Right. And we have patients get mad for not being able to have former patients come visit them. Why? Why would we allow that when y'all feeding off of each other? Right. Even to the point when you discharge, they need to know where you're going. We're going to call who you're going to in the cab, going to yep. pick you up or and take you to that destination. Now, what you do after that is your business, but they're going to do as much as they can to ensure you're where you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, patients talking about, oh, when I get out of here, he said I could come stay with him. The fuck? For what? Both y'all was doing crap together last week. Why the hell are you going to try to come and stay at his house? So both y'all could be back next week? That's not that's not type of stuff I say is getting help. There's a difference between wanting help and being stupid. Big difference. Right. I just I see that they're going back to their comfort zone. Like a lot of a lot of people is because yeah. I, I kinda I kinda will basically make a long life story short. Um I have an older brother and he been on drugs since I was in middle school. So it's like when when they not when when they just not simply ready like they can they can feel like they you know they probably ready to somebody and push them up to do it type shit so you know when they in the facility they gonna be good but when they come back out they gonna go back to their comfort zone mm-hmm. so that's why I feel like a lot of people a lot of people will go back to what they know versus like okay I just came in here and I'm, I'm if I feel like I'm good right in. exactly and I was like I feel like I'm good and then that's when they'll go back to. I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to step outside my comfort zone just 
this yet. So when I leave, I'm just gonna go right back into it. Like, type shit. People feel like healing is like you sitting in the middle of the floor meditating with Sage. Right. Right. No. Healing is literally like growing a scab. It itch. It hurt. Right. You might scrape it a little bit and then burn. You know what I'm it's saying? Like it's a process. Mm-hmm. And when you got a cut that deep, it take a long time. It took me a long time to get better. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It took me literally sitting down and being like, okay, so what's the issues? What's the problems? What makes you feel this way? What makes you feel that way? I right. sat down and like I would like, I, I know you got a question like this later, but I have like a journal that I keep with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll write down what happened, where I was, what made me feel this way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And try to figure out exactly what the issue is because you got to get to the issue. Right. Yeah, um, right. I was just telling one of my, me and my coworker were talking about how a lot of people feel like, who aren't dealing with it, feel like it's an easy fix. Right. So, when our patients go home, the ones who do have a quote-unquote support system, because I don't even consider them to be real support systems, because if you were, you would take time and research and find out how you can help, what's going on, and they'll discharge and come back a week later, mm-hmm. and their family's like, you said they were good here and they got home and basically showed they ass all their symptoms. Okay, but you got to understand why they were here was a structured environment. They had groups. They had people to talk to. They had right. all of this. When you got home, what you did, just give them their meds and went on about your business? It don't work like that. It's a process and people don't get that. That's the same thing I feel like um, being institutionalized. They kind of go hand in hand. Like people be trying to figure out what. Shit, he just got out of jail and he went back. It's like, that's what, when you in and out, you done been in and out there for years. After a while, they come, they become your livelihood. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, it, it'll be easy if, like, it, it ain't gonna be nothing. Shit, they'll probably, they'll walk up and get in the back seat of the police car by themselves. That's what, that's what they know. That's what they used to. Like, it's different. You have to, you have to get used to being back a part of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have to know how to, how to not feed into your temptation on top of that. And then you gotta know how to how to not like you know how to avoid your triggers on top of that. Like it's 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 so much that come with that when they leave from being in that certain kind of structure. And I don't think a lot of people understand that either. And that's another thing people don't understand. On the other side of depression is a whole lot of social awkwardness. Like even for me, like I don't talk to a lot of people still. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's just like, it's really socially awkward because you come from a situation where you think everybody's talking about you. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like not even everybody's talking about you. Like, it's just like, what are they thinking about me? What is this? What is that? You know what I'm saying? You're so anxious. You, right. you know what I'm saying? You got anxiety, like coming from everywhere. You get what I'm saying? So you tend to shut yourself off from everybody. And right. coming out of that, you become extremely socially awkward. Like I see people and I'm just like, Right, and then like, or like that time I saw you, I was just like staring at Chris. I was like, "Hey," and she was like, "Give me a hug." Like, <laughs> like I'm so socially awkward now, but it's because I was in such a shut down environment right. for so long. So you have to learn how to deal with people on that end too. Like when right. they coming out on the other side, they're not always gonna know how to talk. They're not gonna always know how to communicate. They're not gonna always know what to say. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if it's a group of people, I'm going to room by myself and watch TV, even to this day. And it's not that. I'm still in that state. It's just that that's my natural thing to do now. So it's a lot of breaking yourself out of the the situations like that. Even that's a trigger if you really think about it. You got to yeah. break yourself out of those things that put you in a place to read 
re-perform the same actions over and over again to put right. yourself back in that hole. Right. Okay. Um. I'll do two more questions. Okay, so next question would be, um, are are do you think who who do you think are more who do you think yes on that who do you think is more open about um just speaking on how they feeling like do you think kids are more like they're more open or do you think adults are more open or is it kind of like hand in hand? Um, kids show it differently. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say. I feel like it's about the same because they still have the same mindset of nobody's going to understand. Their okay. cries are just different. It could be, and some of them are the same. Some of them can be, I'm going to become promiscuous. I'm going to be super sexual, and that's how I'm going to deal with it. You have kids that act out, but you have adults that act yeah. out. So, it, I mean, they do the same thing, so it's really hard to say with, who communicates what more right. only difference is you're going to look at a kid and say you just being bad mm-hmm. when working with the kids and you read some of their stories it's horrible some of the stuff they've been through and they don't know how to cope with it because they've been bounced around from place to place and how is a child who never had that love or that support supposed to tell you right what's wrong or right. they've always been told you need to shut your mouth Especially with, you know, black people stay out of grown people business, speak when spoken to, shut your mouth, go sit over there. You talk to be quiet. What are you supposed to do? And um, without going too deep into it, at my old job, we had, um, we're called special C's where you're assigned a child that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to kind of be like a mentor to. When I started this job, I was told about this one kid. Like, she was um, an example story. Mm-hmm. And basically had some real deal suicide attempts, like swallowing razor blades, like on mm-hmm. meds to be able to keep her food down afterwards. Her story had me spooked. And guess who ended up being her specialty? Me. Mm-hmm. And I was not happy about it because I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. This girl was amazing. Like, I definitely would not change anything about the way we interacted and even being her special counselor, I still had to watch her go through suicide attempts. And it, it sucked. But she didn't know how to deal with it based off of her um, fake support system. This, um, her family member pretended to care. What Do what she was supposed to do enough for her to leave, mm-hmm. but you didn't care. And the day you're supposed to leave, it turned into this big issue where we were worried if she leaves our facility... She's going to kill herself. Mm -hmm. She's going to be successful with it. Um, She's gone now. I don't keep in contact with her. Because at the time I was still working there and it was a violation. But um, I talked to one of the therapists who do keep in contact with her. And I check on her. And she's doing great. Completely different environment. Don't even live here anymore. Like changed her whole surround. I know everybody can't do that. Mm -hmm. But to know that she went from swallowing razor blades to finishing high school and stuff like that like it's it's big um the adults same thing like i said they act out um they cry they it's everybody like they do the same exact things i can't say one is right worse than the other right it's just one might be a little stronger than the other when right. it comes time to restrain one but right 
I just I don't like you said, like kids like kids are taught to be quiet. So it's like even if a child could go to their parent on some like probably wanting to talk and just wanting to get something off his chest, wanting to tell them what's going on in school. That's how I feel like a lot of bullying be going on too. It's like I be going, I can go to my mom and tell my mom like I'm being bullied. Yeah. What did you tell the teacher? Okay, I told I mean, I told the teacher so what's next? Like they do nothing about it. What you want me to do at this point? You know what I'm saying? It's just like how, like how exactly am I supposed to stop this or try to take control of a situation that basically nobody really want to? And help that's when you're supposed to pay, especially with the kids. You learn yes. to pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's little stuff that they do. This girl would just, she was never super bubbly, but mm-hmm. I just noticed she would become more withdrawn. Or even especially with the smaller kids who really can't communicate it. And not because they're told to be quiet. They just don't know what it is. Right. Pay attention to the stuff they draw. Pay attention to the stuff they write. Pay attention to how they play. Kids have imaginary friends. Pay attention to the way they talk to their friends. I had a girl that used to beat the hell out of her imaginary friend. I don't know what baby said to her. But she was beating the hell out of her. I mean, be calling her everything in the world. That's what she knew though. Mm-hmm. So, being manic as a kid, I acted out a lot. So, mm-hmm. I was that badass kid. Like, so, um, when you're younger, it's a lot easier to say, to get to exactly what the problem is. And that's why I say, like, if you see your kids acting weird, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Because if you can get to the problem then, instead of waiting until, like I did when I was 22, 23 years old, you know what I'm saying? Like, now I got 23 years of problems on top of problems that I ain't dealt with. So now I got to deal with a whole pile of problems. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's the difference. It's easier to pinpoint what the issue is from the beginning if you start at the root. Especially because a lot of mental illness, um, a lot of mental illnesses are not diagnosed until you're 18 and older. Hmm. Like, I don't think schizophrenia, you cannot technically diagnose until you are 18. Wow. So you can have a schizophrenic child, but it's not in the DSM-5. It's not in the books. They just call it something else. Or you you're, you have ADHD until then. I would say they call you manic until then. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you pop up and try to kill yourself at 23. Right. Like, they they will call it everything. <laughs> They'll call it everything else but that. So... Right, that's that's what's and I feel like a lot in this instead of really just taking the time out really to see a lot of people do just use the ADHD, ADD. Mm-hmm. They just they just they just hyperactive. They just like they put them in the activity, put them in a the sport. Maybe my child don't need to be put in the sport, but my child need to really sit down and talk to somebody. Like, like I don't like I don't. I just feel like that the the ADHD and the ADD is like the go to thing for children because there's nothing else to really diagnose for children because my 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 daughter is 18 months Mm -hmm. and she still don't sleep through the night i asked her doctor tips on how she could sleep and his response is i don't want to give her meds but she does seem to be hyperact she's one chill out she can bounce all up and down this damn building if she wants to let her get that energy off i didn't ask you that Ask you what are some tips to help her go to sleep. Sounds like she needs some melatonin to me. And that's about it. <laughs> and really, it's not even that she sleep, but she talk in her sleep and she sits oh, up. Mm. So you know that means she's not fully um, yeah. 
relax. Yeah. So I just want no tips with that. But the first thing you want to go to is, well, it's too young. She's too young to di- diagnose her with ADHD, but maybe when she get a lot. Why did you immediately go there? Right. So sometimes people are ready to it's diagnose easy. stuff when it's nothing. Mm-hmm. You got to know when it's a kid being a kid or when it's really something going on. The hell my one-year-old guy. Really? <laughs> or not even, like, you ever seen a kid that really need to talk to somebody and their parents put them on the pills and then they get worse? Yeah. Because they don't understand that if your child is not chemically imbalanced, now you're overstimulating your child, which is going to make them worse. Right. It's like when adults take Adderall to study for tests. That's pretty much all you're doing to your child and you're telling them, okay, this is supposed to make you calm down and sit down. And then when they get worse at school, you're like, oh, my child real crazy. No. <laughs> you're trying to feed them all these pills and yeah. these pills ain't working and you're not seeing it. Right. I have a friend who used to get, um, was it Ritalin? Ritalin? Mm-hmm. He hated it. He said, because um, he had ADHD, they would give it to him and he would shut down. He said he would just watch everybody play. And he wanted so badly to get up and play, but his meds got him like, nah, bro, just chill out. Like, he couldn't do nothing. Right. You're taken away from a kid being a kid. And then at my old job, we actually gave meds. I had a kid, I was giving him almost 20 pills a day. This dude was a zombie. Would drool. When he was up, he was drooling. And when he slept, I used to have to, like, shake him, like, hey, you good? Make sure you up. Because he was so medicated. Mm-hmm. Granted, he needed it, because... He was on some he he was on some crazy shit. I'm not gonna lie. He yeah. bite off his he had pet rats. He bite off their heads and stuff. So he was on some stuff, but still that amount of pills was kind of like, come on, man. I think right. you're trying to do a little bit more to help them. Right. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna get to our last question. Um. What advice would you give someone who is dealing with depression, anxiety? Um, bipolar. Somebody who who are not who probably don't know where to start. Somebody who is probably afraid to even go and talk to somebody. Like, what what advice would you give them? Um, you gotta start off with what exactly it is because a lot of people just think I just feel funny. You get what I'm saying? And it's a difference between feeling funny every now and again mm-hmm. and actually being depressed. You get what I'm saying? Or actually having anxiety. So it's just like, if you feel funny, go talk to somebody because you you can get so lost in your everyday life, you don't even see these things manifesting and they creep up. It's kind of how like, you know how like people see you every day so they can't see you gaining weight, but then you see somebody you ain't seen in six months and they're like, you gained a little bit of weight, huh? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's kind of like that. Like when you sitting in the situation every day, you don't see that you spending ten extra minutes in your bed than you used to. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You don't see that you rather sit in the dark now with the TV off with sad music playing instead of watching TV. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You don't see these things because you're in the moment living them. So when you start to feel funny, or even if you see something that's like a little bit different, it's a little bit off, go talk to somebody. Um, there's a hundred and one different outlets as far as free therapy um a lot of jobs give free therapy and people don't know that i didn't know that yeah um, you can take time off um what's it called it's it's a name for it for you to be able to get paid time off for a mental break yeah and like mm-hmm. if you do have any kind of anxiety or anything like that don't be afraid to tell your job like that's a big thing don't be afraid to tell your job because by law 
you're quote unquote disabled. They have to mm-hmm. give you certain allotments. Like if you say, I just got 20 calls, this was just a whole lot, I need five minutes, they have to give you those mm-hmm. five minutes. But if you don't tell them, they don't have to give you those five minutes. Now it's just like you're taking five minutes off the phone every other day. You get what I'm saying? Right. They're going to fire you. So that's the biggest thing. Don't be, af- don't be afraid. Everybody is not okay at some point in their life. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not okay right now. Like, right. that's the first step. Just be like, you know what? I ain't okay right now. I need to go talk to somebody. Right. And see where it goes from there. There might not be something wrong, but what you got to lose? Because like I said, everybody ain't okay. Right. Like, they problems might not be your problems, but everybody got problems. Mm-hmm. So let it be what it is. Hey, what advice would you give? I feel like you need to, and not even you need to, but it's always best to at least have one person that you can go to. It don't matter what time. Like, I have a friend I keep on, um, I have them on my favorites list. So even my phone's on Do Not Disturb, you call a text, I'm going to get it. Because I know that you might need it. It's always awesome to have one person, whether it's family, friend, whoever, or have some type of outlet mm-hmm. when you're going through it. I've written coping skills cards for patients at my new job just for when they feel like that, look down at it. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, just having some type of coping skills, somebody to talk to, something for you to do to help you with it. Because if you don't, what, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit in it. And when you don't have understanding people around you, it just, it actually can make it grow and make mm-hmm. it worse. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want is somebody to tell you what you should be doing. Right. When you don't know and you can't, you've never gone through it. Right. It's, it's really hard. And it's easy for somebody to say, stay positive, keep your head up. How am I supposed to stay positive? I don't know what I'm supposed to do to stay positive. What right. am I supposed to look forward to? So, I feel like that's a... Or naive. People be like, did you take your meds today? Yeah, don't ask me about my damn meds. Right, don't do that. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's so disrespectful. Right, like, don't do that. Right. <laughs> like, I know I'm real open about me taking meds. Like, I'll joke about it, but that don't mean you get that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if you have a friend and you realize it on the other end, talk to them. Right. They might not see it, but you do. It's just like a simple, are you okay? I'm here to listen. Like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just here to listen. Goes a long way with friends. Like, I remember, like, you hit me up. And you was just like, my mom asked about you. My grandma <laughs> asked about you. I was just like, what? And it meant a lot. Because, like, in my own family, like, it wasn't nobody really hitting me up. Like, you good, bro? Like, my cousin would call me and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it meant a lot to know that me not taking another handful of pills hiding that phone under the bed and walking around the corner <laughs> mattered to somebody outside of the people that it should have mattered to mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying so it was just like let your friends know They you might feel like they know you here cause you here but just let them know that you're here mm-hmm. like that outlet, right. that outlet to stay positive is real on my way to work I blast gospel music on my way home. It's a whole nother story, <laughs> but on my way to work, I I blast gospel music. Something to keep me positive. Right. The people that I work with are awesome. Like we laugh and joke a lot. The jokes might be twisted to somebody else, but it's how we get through a shift. Mm-hmm. 
And when I get home, the what I look forward to is coming home to my kid. Like, that's what keeps me uplifted. Or sometimes during the day, I might pull up one of her pictures or look at a video because you need something mm-hmm. to keep you. You already have patients that are in that funk and you're trying to uplift them, but trying to uplift somebody else can sometimes bring you down because I'm surrounded by 20 patients all having different diagnoses. Some days aren't good. Some days it's kind of like it just weighs on you. Right. And so it it helps to have something to look forward to and have people that work in the field who notice like, hey, man, you seem a little down today. You want to go for a walk? Or I had a coworker bring me a donut from Donut Shop. Y'all know them donuts busting. Right. Oh, so so <laughs> to her, it was, I made it a joke. I'm like, oh, let the Lord lose, use you and bring me a donut this morning. She brought me one. Girl, my day was lit because she right. brought me a donut. And for her, right. it's like, it was just a donut. Nah, more than right. a donut. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, got me through, donut. he's got me through my pregnancy. Like, these donuts had history for me. It wasn't just right. a, oh, I got one. Like, I grew up on them. I ate one every day when I was pregnant. I got one as a going home gift. And you brought me one, so I mean, today going to be a good day. Donut to you. Lit day to me. Right. Like, <laughs> um, I would, I would say don't ever let nobody tell you to not talk to anybody that's one thing i i do not like like it pluck another kind of nerve because i see people that uh make a post and just be on some like i just need to vent or i need somebody to talk to and then the first person that comment is don't worry about it keep your head up keep it in you don't need to talk to nobody fuck these niggas then it's like well i mean that's not even, even what I want to talk about. You don't even know what's wrong. Like, you don't even know what's going Like what's going on. So, if you do, like, you know, like, you know, like Jay and King said, if you have somebody talk, even if you go to a therapist, talk, even if you had a one friend that just listened, talk, like, if you, whatever it is, you, you can definitely change. You got sad behind posts on Facebook that everybody be mad about. Right. I don't care. <laughs> if you ain't got nobody to talk to and you feel like Facebook is the only person you got to talk to, vent the Facebook, Vin. damn it. And I don't care what nobody got to say. Like, that is the most irritating. Like, I want to say that when you said it. Right. Like, that is the most irritating thing in the world. Like, when people just be like, I don't know why people feel like they got to put all their business on Facebook. Right. They ain't got nobody to talk to. Let them people sort it out some type of right. way you know what I'm saying? And take them serious. When you see them type of posts, sometimes people scroll past them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I done slid a few suicide prevention hotline numbers mm-hmm. um, in people's inboxes from a post that just kind of seemed like. Yeah. Or I've sent them the information to uh, my job. Like, hey, man, they have outpatient. I'm not telling you to come and be here, but they do have outpatient. Look y'all got good it. lunch, too. Sorry. <laughs> no, they don't. Like, y'all french fries so good. Like, them little waffles, them, um... She's like, what's the <laughs> shit? I don't play with their food. But, <laughs> but I do, like, when you see it, people, like you said, oh, they, here they go with that shit again. It's for attention. Help. Say something positive. Right. I done, shoot, I done seen a few, I done, I done seen a few people of DM on some listed. I don't know what you got going on. I don't know what kind of storm you enduring right now. But it was just on my heart is to let you know, like, keep whatever you doing I don't know what you're going through I don't know how what kind of pain you got going on but don't fall basically just in a nutshell don't fall like I ain't gonna because I'm not the, I'm not the, the type to tell somebody how to handle their pain because I don't know how bad you hurting exactly. so how can I come in and tell you how to handle something and I don't I don't know how deep you know I don't even know how deep their pain really running 
So I just, you know, just keep it more on like a a general make sure I ain't stepping on nobody's toes, just on some like, you know what, I see, you know, because you done made about three, four posts back to back. And apparently your friends and nobody is not reaching out to you. So I'm I'm gonna be the you know I'm gonna be the outlet to where it's like you know I just wanna let you know like I, I see you I see your frustration I see your struggle I, I see your storm but I just wanna let you know like just don't fall just don't fall if you need to get the help and need somebody to talk to talk if even if even if writing it down even if you need to see your thoughts because that that do help a lot of people too just writing shit down just like just write just getting the shit out of their head and just writing it down on paper and just like okay so this time you're feeling in a nutshell if you need to write it down burn the paper. I know, I know some people, they, they'll write it down and they'll rip the paper up and just throw it away. Like, I'm like, that's, that's their way of getting rid of the emotion mm-hmm. type shit. So, I just, I say, just don't, don't let nobody tell you to keep anything concealed. I don't like that. Like, what, you, what you conceal, you can't heal. And that's what exactly. you understand. Like, even like, with, you gotta treat depression like a wound. Because that's mm-hmm. literally what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't cover it up. Or like even anxiety, the little things, because the little things turn into the bigger things. That's mm-hmm. what you understand. Like depression isn't just today I'm sad. Depression is I have a systematic thing, mounter of things going on in my subconscious that is consistently making me feel this way. And it's what is it mm-hmm. in my subconscious that I need to fix and get through that I'm right. not seeing. You get what I'm saying? That because we only, if you think about it, we only use 10% of our brain. So, what are we holding on to that we don't right. even know about? Right. <laughs> That's working right. on its own. You know what I'm saying? So, right. it's just like, it's so much stuff. Like, even like, we went back to like my childhood. Like, my great-grandma died. Like, we like, we put in some work. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and you have to put in that work. You can do it by yourself. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, you can. Like, if you can sit down and you can write it all down and figure out what's going on and put the pieces together, but everybody's not able to do that. Right. If you're not able to do that, get the help. Right. Okay, well, thank you, ladies, for being on this show tonight. Um, I thank everybody for tuning in. Listen, favorite, subscribe, share, tell a friend, the tell a friend, the tell a friend about the Popular Unpopular Opinion Podcast. And I will see you guys next week.